Welcome to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast. Here we talk about the professional turf manager, the ever-changing products, and the business side of owning a turf management company. Whether this is your first year or your 20th, we hope to have an open discussion that we all can relate with and continue to grow a successful business in the green industry. We hope you enjoy this episode. Nutrition and Management Podcast. I'm here with my my co-host Doug Gray, and we continue down this this learning experience that we have in the turf managers world, being on the turf every day. And today we're going to talk about um, actually the company he works for, Turf Trade, is putting on an amazing webinar tomorrow that is totally free. Um, we're going to go down that, and once we get over that subject, we're going to talk about uh, pre-emergence because I'm sure everyone that's basically from the Midwest over is feeling some pretty warm temperatures and wondering where winter is and really when is going to be the right time to get those down. So, Doug, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Busy morning. You know, things are starting to rock and roll here in New Jersey and uh, um, all over yeah, I, know, I, the place. I can just imagine. I'm, I'm in Connecticut. You're in New Jersey. So we're, we're East Coast. Um, we were just talking off air. Today's 55 here. It's about the same down where Doug is. Um, the difference where I am right now, there's zero wind. So I was out servicing equipment today, put my hand on the soil, and the soil is actually warm. It's it's weird. I, I don't know what Mother Nature is going to have in store for us this summer. And, and I know she always gets even and gets back at us. But, man, this has been a pretty easy winter. What's your thoughts? Oh, it's definitely been an easy winter. Not a lot of snow. I can't really speak up for your neck of the woods. But here in New Jersey, we really haven't had a lot of snow. I think North Jersey's had a little bit more than we've had. Um, but, you know, definitely been on the drier side, although we did get some rain here the other day. Um, I think we're going to get rain the rest of the week. How much, I don't know. Um, but it's definitely been on the warmer side. A few cold days here and there. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I still don't hope everybody – I hope that everybody doesn't rush out to get their pre-emergence out that first round because uh, I don't know what Mother Nature is going to unfold here. Um, God only knows. Yeah. But uh, it seems like everybody, as soon as that date comes, everybody wants to rush out the door. And, um, you know, pre-emergence uh, are pretty fickle. You know, they need to be watered in at the right time and whatnot. So, But we'll get into that in a few. Yeah, so – before we get into the pre-emergent stuff, because we could talk for hours on that, tell us a little bit more about uh, tomorrow's webinar. Now, I'm just going to say that it is a uh, free webinar, so you don't have to travel anywhere. You can stay at the convenience of your office. Um, it is credits available to New Jersey, Pennsylvania. We have Connecticut, Delaware. Um, pretty extensive credits, too, that are available, which is, which is exciting. So why and, and how did this all come together? Well, you know, we, we wanted to have an in-person uh, event um, as well as a webinar attached to it. But, you know, COVID started to spike again. Um, personally, I didn't really worry about that, although I did contract it uh, last week uh, from being down at the golf show in Orlando. But anyway, um, but with the COVID numbers spiking again, uh, we felt that, you know, something like just a webinar would do it because um, we do like the in-person events. But um, it all came together. You know, we got some good speakers going to talk, um, you know, myself, as well as our chemist who makes our products, develops, helps develop our products for us. Um, we have a seed vendor. We have uh, 
All Ball, which is Prime Source. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of their products. And then we have Al and Tom, our comedians of Turf Trade, doing uh, how to read a pesticide label and some other stuff. So it'll be pretty cool. Um, kind of laid back. Um, not really don't want to get too scientific into everything. Just kind of make it fun and educational at the same time. So Bill Strongfellow. Stringfellow, I'm sorry. So he, I forgot about Bill. Oh, he's improved chemistries to reduce fertilizer and pesticide applications. Mm-hmm. Quick so, one, rundown on that. Well, in, in my talk, I will be talking, touching on a little bit of that. Um, but basically, you know, there are chemicals, you know, products out there, um, surfactants that will help fertilizer efficiency, um, as well as surfactants that will give you more efficacy or um put it to the place it needs to be you know one of the things about surfactants is everybody thinks surfactants are the same and they're 100 not um there are certain surfactants that need to be used with certain products it's not just the product that's on the shelf at the box store um because <laughs> perfect example you know when you're treating post-emergent crabgrass control you need something with MSO in it if you're using quinclorilac. Um, you know, if you're using like broadleaf weed control products, some have surfactants built in. Even those, I kind of say that they still need a little bit. Um, but you don't want a, uh, an herbicide, like a post-emergent herbicide, like, and I'm just going to use the basic Trimec 992. Um, you don't want it to stick to the leaf weight. You want it to cover the leaf weight, in my opinion. Um, and there are products that are, that are, You'll be able to do that, but then also it helps adjust the pH of the water because you definitely want your pH of your water to get a little lower when you're spraying herbicides um, so or broadly herbicides. Um, so hold it into that a little bit more than I will. Um, so I, I think many people, I'm not going to say we'll argue, but we'll have a discussion of using type of surfactant. <clears throat> Their thought is, well, it's working pretty good without it. And if that's the case, and, and a perfect example is Quincoronac and not having an MSO, I've had it work without it because, unfortunately, with supply shortages last season, the beginning of – or the season before, I couldn't get some, so I, I had to sling some out there. And I got some control, but nowhere near the effectiveness once that MSO is in there. So I, I think well, people need to understand that they can probably reduce the chemical usage with a good yeah. surfactant, a proper surfactant, and get better results and control, one, better for the environment, but you look better to the customer as well. 100%. You know, one of the things that I always hear is, well, I don't see anything out of it. Well, I guess I should, I guess I could put iron in or surfactant so you can see color out of it. Um, but that's not really, you're not going to see like turf results from it. You're just going to see your weeds die faster or more effectively. Hard to kill weed or more effectively, or your hard to kill weeds will be easier to control with something. Now, certain hard-to-control weeds, you know, you might need to spike it with a trichopere or something along those lines to get better control. But surfactants are key, and they're not utilized enough in our industry. And I don't know why, because they're not expensive. I mean, for an example, you know, one of our most popular products, and I'm not here to push one product or another, so I won't mention the name, but it literally costs like, two dollars per hundred gallons of water and so it also reduces expensive. drift as well correct yeah correct um so it, re it lowers the ph of the water reduces drift 
um, and helps the product work more effectively. It's, 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 they're awesome products and we're not the only ones who have them. A lot of companies have them and they're good. And, and all the guys that, that are on standout machines and riding machines, you've all done it. <clears throat> you've, you're out doing a spray and you think you're doing great. You turn that corner and all of a sudden you get a forehead full of mist just because the window's right. Maybe the pump is up a little bit too high. Gallonage isn't dialed in or maybe you need a bigger nozzle. We, we've all been there, but I, I will say I, I know what the product you're speaking of and I do use it. It has made a big difference in, in that little volatization that comes up and gets you in the forehead. Yeah, I mean, you know, the machines that we have in our industry today are, are awesome. Um, you know, I wish I had these machines back when I was pushing lawns and spraying lawns by hand. I mean, we did, but they weren't like they are today. Um, you know, but the downside, I guess, of these machines today is that, you know, they come with half gallon, two gallon per minute nozzles and not, you know, herbicide is great, you know, to spray at half to a gallon, you know, that's great. That's wonderful. Um, but when you're spraying fungicides, you want two gallons of water per thousand square foot. Um, and that's what it says on the label and label, you know, label is law, but at the same time, um, there are surfactants that can help that water be wetter, if that makes sense. So um, where you can reduce the amount of water you're using by adding a surfactant to make that water wetter. So it's pretty cool. I guess the easy way that I've explained it in the past is, you know, back to a TV commercial, but you, you take a greasy dish and you fill it up with some water and you see the grease sitting on there and you put one drop of dish detergent in, let's say Dawn, um, and you can just see that sheen just push away and basically cover that whole water surface area. It reduces the tension of that water pressure so it, it can actually do its job. And the surfactant's no different than that. You know, one simple test you can always do on certain surfactants, not a spreader sticker for the, for, for the most part, but like, um, you know, we have a product called Stalwart and Influence, but you can actually just spray water on a, like a leaf blade, like a holly uh, on a tree you know, holly bush, and you watch the water just bounce off the leaf blade. But by adding one of those two products or products that are similar, you'll see the coverage difference big time. I actually have a video from a previous company that I used to work for on YouTube. I, you know, you'd, you'd have to look it up. I couldn't, couldn't even remember what it's titled, but it's been so long ago. But uh, um, that probably before YouTube ever got used for this kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a pretty cool concept and, uh, or not concept, but pretty good video to watch. And you can see, you know, the difference between spraying water and spraying water with a really good surfactant. And, and the wild thing about it, I get back to the whole, like blown away at mother nature. It's by design that that leaf repels the water for many different mm -hmm. defensive purposes in, in the world to survive. And we're just we're needing to twist that a little bit to make it easier for the plant to intake the product that we're putting on there. Naturally, it wants to repel it. That's its that's its path of survival. Hundred percent. You know, one of the reasons why liquid fertilizers used in that second most people's second round of their spraying is because liquid fertilizer is a great surfactant. Um, you know, if you watch what liquid fertilizer does to the leaf blade um, while you're spraying, you can see that tinge, like that shine. Um, sheen, for that matter, of the leaf blade. It's it's actually a pretty cool concept, but I still believe if you're using any kind of weed control, um, you want broadleaf weed control, you want something that's going to cover the leaf blade, and then in turn, um, if you're using pre-emergent in that second round, 
you want something that's also going to help aid in that product getting down to where that needs to be. So um, there's a lot of different ways to go about this. And, you know, I'm, I don't always I don't have the complete answer for everything, but I have those tools that can help you um, as well as other companies out there. So anyway. So back to tomorrow's webinar, because I'm always excited about learning. Um, it was just brought on just a couple of weeks ago that you guys are actually going to offer credits for Connecticut, which at, honestly, I didn't care because I wanted the topics are really good. There's there's a competitive competing um, in-person event here in Connecticut that would have given me credits as well and probably some networking. But I looked at the agenda that was there and it wasn't an agenda that really enticed me mentally to want to attend. Um, I know when we go to many of these seminars, they're driven by the sponsor of the product itself or who's producing it. And it's, you know, beaten path, beaten path. And when I saw your agenda, it's not that. Sure, your product's going to be talked about, but the educational part that's coming from that is going to be what I think a little bit more superior than other seminars that I've attended. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Now, to throw something where you may not even have the answer to this, this will be completed webinar. Will it be recorded and ever available to be reviewed? Yes. Awesome. So this will be an archive that, that people can go back to just for the educational purpose. I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% on that, but I'm pretty sure yes. And um, so obviously, you know, you can't go back and watch it and get your credits on it. But right. you have to be on there. Um, there is a process. You actually have to sign in and whatnot. And then, like, when we break for lunch or something, you have to sign out, sign back in or something like that. So there is a process to it. Which, which is great. We're all, you know, once we get out on the turf, we're always looking for things to listen to, podcasts, hopefully this one, yep. um, and many others. But just another great tool that if this got loaded onto a YouTube or some type of channel to where you have it archived, it's just some other educational piece that we can listen to while we're working just to better our, our education down the road. It, it's just a great piece. And I, I think the more we do of that, the, the more further we will be in our, our uh, careers into this new green movement that's happening. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, so Absolutely. easy to sign up. They can go to what turftrade.com, correct? And there's a link right on yep. your company website. Exactly. And there's a link there that'll take you to it. Also, any social media that Doug or I have put out via Instagram and Facebook both have the links you can click on. It is 100% free, as Doug has mentioned. Uh, how many how many people do you have attending so far, you think? I think it's just over 200 right now. Beautiful. Um, there'll be some people who don't, who don't go on, but... Hopefully there's more. No, nope. um, that's a good, yeah. that's a good standing. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited. It's, it's an easy day. I mean, sit at the comfort of your, your office or in your truck or wherever, have coffee and, and be able to listen in and learn and, and uh, still continue on with your day-to-day -day business. Exactly. That's the whole idea behind it. Great. So let's now, we kind of went down a, a little bit of a different path with surprising, but <laughs> it, it all ties together. Here we are. Spring's coming. First application, pre-emergence. Tell us about them. Well, you know, I wish there was more pre-emergence to utilize. Um, you know, I think there's what three in our marketplace, and one is used very sparingly more into the golf market um, and on the ag side, it seems. Um, but even still, that's pretty slim, and that's pentamethylin. But um, the two most pre 
the most used pre-emergence in lung care are either barricade slash prodiamine. Prodiamine is the scientific name. Correct. And then dimension um, and, or dithiopyr, and dithiopyr is the scientific name. So, you know, those are the two options that we have. Um, everybody has their preference on how they do it, whether they want to go out on granular or spray. Some do one app, some do split app. I will always recommend split apps. Um, just my personal preference. Um, I agree. That's what I do. And especially when we had a year like last year up in our area, we had an extremely cold and slow spring. And anything well, that went out in our in our cool environment, really, it was quite a while before things really got active. Um, so it, it held that at bay, but we also had a ton of rain that could have taken away some of the effectiveness of a granular. So I go out with a liquid split up on, on round two. I uh, was pleasantly surprised last year that we did not have more crabgrass breakthroughs than we than we had because we were dry last spring. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised that um, crabgrass controls or post-emergent crabgrass controls were down in usage, in my opinion. That, in some areas, may not have been that way. Um, but, you know, I do believe most people do the split applications. Um, there are some who you know, do one early and do one late. And I, I mean, I have some customers only do one application in either April and May. Um, you know, so it really depends on your preference. Now, seems like prodiamine is probably the most popular, uh, probably because it's a little less expensive, um, does a great job, but that's probably the one that has to be watered in the quickest. Um, so dimension seems to be some people will do prodiamine and then dimension later as their second app. Um, and then uh, some people will just do a pre, uh, dimension app in that second round. So it really just depends on your preference and the kind of control that you've had in the past. Um, just like prodiamine, you know, you, you would think that everybody would like to use liquid, right? Well, I'm finding that more people like the water, the uh, WDG on the prodiamine or barricade. Uh, and I wonder if, if, if that's – this is going to be total from experience. So I've always been a double-app dimension, mm-hmm. 0.10, 0.15 first one, depending. And, and, again, it also depended. We had some bad availability issues a few years ago. And then mm-hmm. go out with 2EW on round two. Last year I went 100% prodiamine, prodiamine granular, and then went with prodiamine liquid. And it is so difficult to keep mixed well when it's coming yes. out of one of the machines. Now, spray trucks, totally different. Nurse tanks with agitation, big difference. But when you're on the fly and you're trying to mix it properly, and, and I had all kinds of agitation tricks or whatever, but man, you'd be going along and everything looks good, and all of a sudden you put out a spray that's so mustard yellow, you think you're painting lines on the highway. It just yeah. It was very frustrating. And, and I think that's probably the reason why I had more breakthrough than I've had in the past, just because of not being able to get it mixed well and, and stay suspended well. Well, I, and that's and that's the hard part of water solubles. But, you know, even still with the uh, the liquid, you know, one of the things I hear all the time is, you know, it leaves balls on the bottom of my spray tank. Oh. Um, you know, so, you know, water solubles, liquids, it's everybody's preference. Um, there has to be a better way to agitate. 
because I don't necessarily know these machines are the greatest in education. They are great. They are good. Don't get me wrong. They're but not. But I also think that okay, you answer my question. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> and uh, completely honest. I mean, compared to you know some of my spray tanks that I have in my truck, it, it's there's no comparison. Sure, it circulates well, but it's uh-huh. not a true agitation. And and there's no fault on the companies itself. I I have a old Zmax and I have a Steel Green Fifty Two. Um, is one better than the other is agitating? No. Is is it good enough to be able to even keep Prodiamine liquid mixed in a 30-gallon tank and trying to agitate it before you go out and spray? It's next to impossible unless you have a nurse tank to agitate it. And that's why I went back to Dimension. Dimension is a lot easier to EW to keep suspended and mixed easier than the Prodiamine in my eyes. And again, it, it also could be a water situation, you know, so... Um, sometimes those surfactants help your water uh, situation, put your, uh, make your things go into solution a lot easier. So that's something to think about as well. Now going to dimension, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but here in New Jersey, we've had, uh, dimension kind of coagulate, um, when the water's really cold. So we talked about methylated seed oil earlier. And here's a little secret that probably most people don't know. But if you ever go to spray Dimension 2EW in in the spring and your water's really cold and you look in your spray tank and it looks like cottage cheese, throw a little MSO in there. And you might have to do start at 8 ounces, put in another 8 ounces. But by 24 ounces into that tank, it should go right back into solution. Really? Yeah, (laughs) In every gallon of Dimension 2EW, there's MSO in there. But when the water's really cold, it just might not be enough. So are you suggesting to use a suffractant on your liquid pre-emergence? Oh, yeah, definitely. What, what would be your go-to on that? Influence. And, and, I, and I, I use it. It works extremely well. The mix rates are very, very low. Um, you would mix that the same as if you were mixing with any type of post-emergent yep eight ounces per hundred no kidding okay good yep. good to know i've i've never done a surfactant with my my pre-emergent so here doug's getting another order here we go it'll have to it'll have to go it'll allow your product to go down to the thatch um it'll help coverage um just again little hidden secrets to make your applications better so one other product I, I want to talk about that, that I know you carry and, and I want to learn more about it. So hopefully everyone else does. Dimension is 2EW is one mm-hmm. of the products that will give me a headache in seven minutes. It's I just can't stand the smell of it. Will your odor masker that you sell, does that will that help reduce it quite a bit? Yeah, absolutely. To absolutely to the but amount to the amount product. where customers are going to really notice a difference. Cause there's one area where I do I don't want to jinx myself. Renewals are still coming in, but there's a neighborhood where I do a very large number of houses in there. And you do one house here, one house there. The, the odor doesn't permeate, but when you're doing yard to yard to yard to yard, you, you can really become really smelly. Well, the one, the one thing I would like to say on that is the smell that you're smelling. Oh, sorry not, about that. <laughs> it'll play out. The smell that you're smelling is not actual active ingredients it's more likely the solvent that's in the product so 
just keep that in mind. Yeah, it, it, I don't care yeah, what it is. It just gives me a damn headache, and I yeah. uh, it just drives me nuts. I love the product, but that's the one that gets me. So there are Procter's odor reducers out there. Ours is called No Stanky. Um, yes, it's a funny name. We just wanted to be, be funny about it, so we came up with a stupid name for our odor reducer. Um, but not only does it give you the odor reduction, but it also will act as a surfactant for you um, in other ways as well. So in that application, you could do no stanky and not do influence and we'll do the same thing, but also give you odor reduction. Answered my question. Perfect. Cause that was my next one. Do I need both? Can I just use one? And since I, you said that the no stanky can act as my next mix in product, just send the order, please. Now, with that being said, the race might be different mm -hmm. because the, the, the stronger the odor, you might need to add more in to reduce that odor. But you start off at 8 ounces, then you might have to get up to 16 ounces. But that's, that's not going to cause any issues as the suffractant if we increase those levels? Nope. Okay. Nope. It, you know, and you never want to cause any type of synergy or, or get some type of spike because you've you've added an, another product into there at a at a much higher rate than really what's needed you will get no burn it's it's i know people who have spilled a whole gallon over grass and it's never burned um you will get no phytotoxicity from it or anything like that your products will just work better so is there going to be any temperature variations with this you know different parts of the country they're going to be using this they're going to go out our springs we go into warm days where we have to wear gloves but a lot of times in the nights we got to cover our machines or throw a heater in the trailer because we're having freezing temperatures at night nothing to worry about in that well at, look at any at any given time i mean it's always best to make sure your spray tank is empty at the end of the day i'm, I'm not worried uh, about freezing of the spray tank but you know we've all gone out with some products that do great in 55 and, and above. And then when it gets down into the thirties overnight, that nice bronze tip happens across many acres and you start saying, Oh boy. Nah, nothing to worry about there. Like sure power. Not with this, not with this or back. <laughs> okay. Just, just wanted to make sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm learning as well, but hopefully other people yep. are learning from this as, as, as awesome as well. Um, so I yeah, learn every day and everybody should be learning every day. Yeah. Cause the no stanky, like I said, nothing I've ever used before. Um, going to be pretty excited to try it out just just for the smell and the you know as we go out as as turf nutrition and and try to be more sustainable we can do that but once you put an odor out into a neighborhood they really kind of second guess are you just like the big guys out there just putting out something that something so if we can mask some of that even though we know it's safe and we're doing the best for the turf just one less phone call or email that we might re receive well you know and, and I, I actually had a customer of mine tell me this, and he's like, I just never see anything out of surfactants. And, you know, like I said earlier, well, we could add iron to it so you can see something out of it. But when you are in spring, you know, and the temperatures are 50 degrees outside, you know, sometimes weed controls take a lot longer to work, whether you have a surfactant in there or not. Um so, but when you start getting up into that 65 to 70 degree days when um, things really start to work really, really well, 
that's probably when you're going to see the biggest difference. I'm not saying you shouldn't add it when it's cooler because it's just going to take a lot longer for them to work. But when it gets to those proper soil temperatures, wow, they really, you'll see them rather quickly. And the, the sad part is you really can't do the test. So it'd be difficult to go out this year and not use a suffractant and compare this year to next year using a suffractant and figure out what was my overall chemical cost usage. Did I use less post-emergent broadleaf control because I added this product to it? There really, there's no way to, to test that other than going by the science that's behind it and the trust of people that have been out on the turf and for representatives of the company that are in your best interest. It, really, it, we are all working to save pennies per thousand square foot. We have to. And if this is going to allow us to use less AI out there and reduce the amount of products on that end by using one, a safer product for the environment as a, let's call it a sticker for the heck of it, and reduce our overall chemical usage per round, that's just only going to save us money. Well, I, you know, I, I did a couple tests on um, pro these products before and you know, if you go spray any herbicide without a surfactant, even ones that say they have surfactants in them that you don't need them, um, and then use a competitor product per se and with a surfactant, you'll see the difference. Um, whether it's quicker weed control, control um, you know, weed kill, or just more percentage of the weeds dying and control those weeds. So you will see it if you run your own test and do it at the proper rates. Yeah, I, I totally agree with it. It's just when we prepare for our season and we're doing pre-order and early order, you know, a lot yeah. of times that's overlooked um, just because you're looking for your, your main ingredients that you want for the season. Um, and then, you know, it gets down to budgetary. It's like, geez, am I going to spend another $3,000 on this and that when I already have my weed control product? Is it going to be worth the $3,000? And and you're telling uh, us it definitely is. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I said, I don't think it's going to cost you all that much. Well, um, maybe I sold a lot of turf this week. I'm sorry? Maybe I sold a lot of turf this week. Oh, could be. <laughs> no, I, mean, I can't. I can't handle it. You know, um, if you've never used surfactants before, try them. Whether you buy a gallon from somebody and just do one day's of work with one day of work with the surfactants and the rest of them without, you'll notice a difference. But you got to use the right surfactant. Um, not all surfactants are made for every application. Not every application are meant for every surfactant. I'm so glad you said that. Because when you go into some of the larger chemical supply places, sometimes the people behind the desk aren't as knowledgeable as they should. There's some that are amazing. I have a couple around here that are, you've been in the, in the business longer than I have, and they're, they're a wealth of knowledge. But it is so important to use the right product for the right yep. weed that you're going after, because the results are going to make a huge, huge difference. 100%. And that's why I'm not really that much of a fan of spreader stickers on that probably weed control round. And it's, again, you'll have people who will argue that, and that's fine. You can, everybody can have their own opinion. I'm more for the spreading of a product. And also, you know, if you look at cost, a product like ours is going to be less per hundred than a spreader sticker. So 
you know, you can't just look at costs and, and uh, determine what surfactant's the best because usually most spreader stickers are one to two quarts per hundred. And like our influence and many others like influence out there, they're usually eight to 16 ounces per hundred. It, so do the math. And you got me last year. You, know, I tested it after our visit, brought it back. And I mixed it in with the broadleaf that I had, had a new lawn, did a blanket spray, came back three days later, and I was blown away. I mean, quick browning down of the weeds that were in there. The turf looked totally fine. It was even pushing the temperature of the season. I mean, we were in the early 80s. It wasn't higher temperature of 80s. But, the, you know, you always get nervous when you're doing a blanket spray on a new, a new client. Not mm-hmm. not a single issue. It worked extremely nope. well. Cleaner than by far any of the lawns that I did starting in the beginning of the season when I wasn't using it. So I am a fan. I, I promote it, like you said, just because I'm going to be using less control product out there, and that's only going to be better for all of us. Well, I had a customer here in New Jersey who sprays a cemetery, believe it or not, for broadleaf weeds. Pretty, rather large one. Um, and... He started using the influence when he was going to spray weeds instead of always having to go back in the summer months and spot spot treat, which is a pain. It's already a pain to do a full application. Um, He didn't have to go back until the following year. Weeds were controlled that well. Time is money. Yep. And when you look better to your client, you're going to look better in the future and and they're going to lead to you and to be more as a resource than, than just a, uh, take your bid and here's your number type thing. Like I always say, labor is your most expensive cost, no matter which way you slice it and dice it, period. Yep. It, that, that you're so true with that. And it doesn't seem to be getting any any easier as, as our short season's coming nope. coming to us right now. So We're I think done. I think we, we, we've got a pretty good situation going on here. We have a great seminar tomorrow to learn more of this and the products that are going to be available to us. Um, and then, you know, as we all get ready for the season, we talk about our pre-emergence that are out there and what we're going to be using. I think there's mm-hmm. been some great information that's, that's just been spoken and I've learned as well, um, that actually using different products for, for our two EW that's going to go out round two, my liquid is going to one help and two reduce the smell. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, for tomorrow's seminar, um, I am going to get this broadcast out as quick as we can, but we've been posting on social media for this webinar that's coming on tomorrow. Um, we look forward to hopefully many of you attending. Um, if there is going to be any questions on any of the products that we've talked about today, you can always reach out to Doug. In the show notes, we'll have his contact information, but um, he's always available under the Turf Trade website as well. It's easy enough. He's in there as a sales representative. You can call him. Even if he's not going to sell you products, he's more than happy to answer questions. Yep. Excellent. Here to help make the industry better. As, as always. So we're going to wrap it up for this week. Um, next week, we are going to have our first guest on, so look forward to that. We're going to have um, Dan from it's DTL, correct? That is correct. Give a, give a quick little rundown on him. Uh, Dan is a lawn care provider o- over in um, Pennsylvania. I've believe it's Downingtown PA and we'll call it turf manager. Um, I'd like to always make a verbal thing about that between lawn care and turf care, because I think when you're fertilizing lawns, you should be called turf manager. And that's just my opinion. I, um, I agree. 
So he does a very good uh, liquid program over in Pennsylvania. Huge um, advocate for the industry, um, as well as helpful to many guys in the industry. Um, he is on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, um, and he's a huge resource for guys out in the industry besides salespeople. salespeople. So um, he's always willing to help people. Is he a hundred percent liquid? Uh, yes. Really? Now, yeah. Oh, this now, is, this is going to be great. Said, it also depends in March <laughs> when um, the we if the weather doesn't get warm. He might have to start out at granular, uh, which he's done in the past. But that's uh, that's being a turf manager. Yep. Yeah, that's so, this is exciting. Now he does do do some granular for like construction sites, um, new construction um, to get soils. Uh, you know, kind of going with some of these specialty products that we have, as well as others. But um, I would say he's 90, 95% liquid. Excellent. So yeah, we, we will have a ton of questions for him and we'll be able to pick his brain. And I know he's Absolutely. more than help. I've, I've listened to him on other podcasts and, and he's a wealth of knowledge. He's got years and years of experience. So I think we're going to learn a ton from him next week. So um, stay tuned. Make sure you hit subscribe, hit the notification button to make sure that you know when we release. We're going to try to release one every week as the season allows. We're going to try to get those out to you either Monday evening or Tuesday. Um, they'll be on Spotify, hopefully on Apple eventually once approval happens. But our main feed is going to be on Spotify. Make sure you like, share on social media and tell your friends. Uh, we want to thank you for joining. Again, we hope you uh, enjoyed or join tomorrow's webinar and you've enjoyed today's podcast and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast. We are always interested in topics you would like us to dig a little deeper into. You can submit a topic or a question down in the comments. Please like, subscribe, and share with your friends so that we all can be better turf managers and successful entrepreneurs.